talking to my 19-year-old students, 20-year-old students who'd been in the formal education system for, say, 18, 15 years. And what I realized, look, the, it was within a course I was teaching called Maps of Meaning, which was based on the first book that I wrote. Um, and it's a, it's a book about how our existence, our, even our perceptions, our motivations, our emotions, are grounded in narrative. They're grounded in stories. You'll, go, you'll pay money to go see movies, you, to be instructed by stories. It's, it's, it's a very deep part of our character. In any case, I realized that my students hadn't ever really been asked to write their own stories. And, you know, you can write a story about who you've been, and you can write a story about who you are now. But you can also write a story about how you, who you could be. And, you know, they'd had, they had written essays on all sorts of abstract topics and been asked to think, to some degree, deeply about those topics. But no one had ever sat them down and said explicitly, okay, look, kid, like, here's the deal. You can have what you want and need. Assuming you're taking care of yourself, right? Assuming that you're, you're, you're starting out with the proper attitude towards yourself, which is that you're worthy of care and respect and, and there's something to you that, that's valuable that at least could be developed. You need to give yourself that amount of credit, like, like you would with anyone that you might be willing to attempt to care for and love. And then the next question is, all right, you can have what you want, but you have to specify it. What would you like from your friends three to five years down the road? What would you like your friendship network to look like? What would you like to do? What, 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 how would you like your career to, to shape itself? How are you going to take care of your family? Your, your, and, and what about children and a, and a, and a, and a long-term mate, a wife or a husband? Um, what are you going to do with your time outside of work that's useful and engaging and meaningful and productive? How are you going to take care of yourself mentally and physically? And how are you going to withstand temptation so that it doesn't take you down in the particular way that temptation might take you down? And so you're asked to write a few sentences, not to be obsessive about it, but to sketch it out like a bad first draft, you know? And then you're asked to write for 15 minutes. It's like, okay, it's three to five years down the road. And you have what you need and want to, to make your life what it needs to be. So that you can be a good person in, in the face of the suffering of life. What does it look like? And then we ask people to do the contrary, which I think is also useful, which is, all right, well, consider for a moment your, the multitude of your faults and the direction those faults could pull you in. And everyone knows that. Everyone has a sense of how they would fall apart in their own particular manner, with their own particular weaknesses. It's, it's three to five years down the road and you've let that part of your character dominate. What particular corner of hell is it that you're now occupying? And so now you have something to aim at. You have a purpose, right? And, and that, that's motivating. People need a purpose in life. It, it, you need a, a purpose neurochemically because without a purpose, you don't feel any positive motivation or any positive emotion. Like our positive emotion is linked to our pursuit of valuable goals. That's how our brains are, 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 are set up. And, and so you need that, 
that positive goal and also to stop you from being unduly uncertain and, and anxious because nothing is specified enough. And you need something to run away from. And so you can run away from the worst in you. You can escape from the worst in you and you can move towards the best in you. And then we have people write out a strategic plan for the accomplishment of their of their goals. It's called the Future Authoring Program, by the way. It's available online at a site called selfauthoring.com. And we've, we've tried it with thousands of university students now, and it's had a remarkable effect on their retention. The effect is approximately 25%. We decrease dropout by 25%. And it seems to be most effective for the most disaffected students. So it works better for men because women are outperforming men academically. And it actually works better for non-Western non ethnic minority men, ha ha having a, a tremendous impact on their likelihood of staying in university and also on their grades. And so we were speaking this morning about the potential utility of, well, of offering that to your, to your online students and in the hope that that would... But, but, but the thing that was so strange to me when I was developing that program, and this was like, it was a miracle, a negative miracle of sorts. It, it just struck me as so palpably surreal that we would spend 15 years educating people and never once sit them down seriously and say, okay, look, you can craft yourself to some degree. You have the capacity to write your destiny, not, not in, its, in its entirety, but at least as a sequence of aims. And having done that, you, you need also to justify it. So for example, one of the things we ask people to do once they've specified a goal is to say, well, okay, imagine you achieved this goal, okay? So why is that good for you? Why is it good for your family? Why is it good for your community? You know, because if you want to be locked in on a goal, in a manner that's sufficient to take you through the trials that will occur while you're pursuing this goal, especially if it's a high-order goal and it's difficult, then you need an explicit philosophy, a rationale for why this is worth pursuing. It's like, well, here's what it'll do for me in, in, in the sense of the development of my character and my capacity to deal with the world. And here's how it'll strengthen my family. And here's how it will benefit the community and then having formulated those arguments you have that you have that 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 body of carefully articulated thought that enables you to chase away the doubts that will inevitably accrue as you're attempting to do something difficult you have to negotiate with yourself and you have to justify what you're doing carefully and philosophically deeply so that you have the commitment and the strength of character that enables you to push through times that are difficult. And so, well, so we discovered that that hadn't been done, um, except in, 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 in isolated cases. There were some business people who were working on similar projects, and uh, a man at uh, the University of Texas at Austin, uh, James Pennebaker, and the program has been phenomenally successful and thousands of people have now done it online and so and I, I could I'll close this by saying if you have any interest in doing this which I would recommend it's also okay to do it badly 
Because a good first draft aim for your life is incomparably better than vague, nihilistic hopelessness. And, and you're not going to get it right anyways, because what do you know? You know, you're, you're going to pursue your goal avidly for a year or so, especially at your age, and you're going to learn a bunch. And then your trajectory is going to shift, but it doesn't matter because the trick is to get the process of moving forward toward the aim started and then to have the humility to make course changes along the way as you inform yourself. I noticed that there's always a group of, of my friends who always criticize what I'm saying and not even um, try to understand what I'm, where I'm coming from. And um, I've, I've always wondered how to deal with that. I mean, I want to listen to what they're saying, but um, they're not understanding what I'm... They're not trying to listen to what I'm saying. So what would you do in that situation? I'm answer that very briefly. Okay. There's a, a line in the New Testament that's relevant to that. Do not cast pearls before swine. And what that means is that if people are not listening to you, stop talking to them. And that's really, that is the best piece of advice that I can give you. And what happens is, is that if you stop talking to people who aren't listening to you and start watching them instead, they will tell you what they're up to. But so if you have things to say, say them, but you find people that will listen, talk to them. The ones who aren't listening, pull back. Because you're, you're devaluing what you have to say by offering it to an audience that does nothing but reject it. And that's a good guideline to life in general. So pull back. <laughs>